Welcome to a special edition of the Confident Collaborations podcast. We've been on a little bit of a break. Um, over the past few months, I took my largest annual contract as of yet, and that has me building and developing relationships in the world of enterprise consumer insights. Learning so much about human-focused experiences, what they mean to a variety of brands that we're all familiar with, and really just having a lot of fun um, in that space. A lot of that fun, though, has been happening over on LinkedIn. So over the next few seasons, maybe, I don't know, I'll be bringing those conversations over to you here. These have been professional water cooler chats with a variety of people. And as you listen to these conversations, listen for the following themes, strategic partnerships, of course, confident collaborations, finding the right support, building an ecosystem of support. And as you hear these gems, take a screenshot and share and share these stories or these gems or these nuggets over on LinkedIn, Facebook, IG stories and tag me at Talk to Amelia so that you start to show up even more fully as a helpful, savvy resource for your own community. And then others in your network will also get to hear these gems. So let the confident collaborations begin. All right, so we are back with uh, another professional water cooler chat. And I think actually, uh, Chris, you are the first, you might be the first return guest. Um, and um, I've been having these water cooler, for those who are new and joining, um, I've been having these professional water cooler chats for over a year now, um, talking to people who are doing interesting things. And um, and just recently I started a project in Consumer Insights. And you know, some people might say, you know, what does nursing have to do with Consumer Insights? And that's a long story, feel free to reach out whoever's curious about that. But that just really opened my eyes to like another world of organizations, largely retail, food and beverage, consumer packaged goods that are super interested in consumer behavior. And when I started working on this project, some of the um, accounts, not a ton of them, but some of the accounts were healthcare companies. And, you know, I've been in healthcare for my entire career, and I can't remember a robust consumer insight department in any organization I've been a part of. But it seems like more recently, more systems are becoming very interested in um, what retail is doing in terms of paying attention to consumer mm -hmm. um, needs and wants and desires and behaviors. And, and so I started like thinking through my network about, you know, who like literally knows more about this than I do and um, who can I talk to and have a conversation with? And Chris, <laughs> you popped right up to the top and um, you mentioned like a, a subject. Well, actually, before we get into it, can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Chris Baird. I am the founder of the Baird Group. We help healthcare organizations improve culture through leadership development and training. And I too am a nurse. And I just I want to circle back to something you said about, you know, nursing and consumer insights. There really is a nice parallel. If you stop and think about it, um, we are trained to be good in assessment and that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah. And the assessment is a word that you used um, to talk about this concept called the digital front door. So first, let, let's talk about that for those who are joining who may not be familiar with that term. And there's no specific official definition to the digital front right. door. Um, but um, I'll, I'll share my, um, my, I guess, definition. And I, I love to hear yours. Um, it, I just look at it as a conversation, as a strategy. It's a conversation as a strategy that starts from a conversation around um, symptom checking to when uh, a consumer or healthcare consumers, you know, has a curiosity about, you know, what is a symptom to I have this system now what symptom now what to frictionless payment. 
And, um, you know, it's to me, when I think of the digital front door now, I, I look at it as the end to quote how we've always done things this way. You know, why can we no longer do things as we've always done it this way? Because of this. Um, that's my definition. I'd love to hear yours. I think of it as um, digital touch points, right? Where we used to have the human interaction and that was really the only way we did things. You know, you would call for an appointment. You would come in and register. You would walk up to an information desk and ask for directions. Um, now the consumer expects things much faster, much more efficiently, um, and hassle-free, right? And, and healthcare is no different than that. Um, forever, um, as long as there has been healthcare marketing, you know, marketers have been very concerned with the consumer um, experience, right? And so oftentimes the digital front door is part of the marketing department, you know, at looking at the consumer experience. Mm -hmm. um, in doing re uh, research around the concept of the digital front door, I listened to podcasts from 2017 and 2017 wasn't all that long ago. Um, first, I, I see we have some more people who joined us. Welcome, welcome. Um, if you have any questions or comments for Chris, feel free to leave them here and we'll see them or reach out to either of us individually as well. Um, but we're talking about um, the digital front door and healthcare consumer insights hasn't always been a thing, um, but more so recently because of lots of shifts and changes, um, namely let's, the pandemic, right, um, has forever changed um, behaviors of lots of people around lots of things. Um, we got used to um, we got used to Netflix, you know, more than we have maybe previously to you know 2020. We got used to DoorDash. We got used to um, lots of and, and lots of different types of um, consumer and retail experiences. And then juxtaposed to that, we have healthcare. Which can, you know, sometimes that experience can be, um, I heard something that says it can be less like Netflix and more like um, cable boxes. Um, but you talked about um, how you do an assessment of a digital front door. And I like that term, assessment of a digital front door. Tell me about, tell me about that, um, that phrasing. Yeah. Sure. Well, um, my company has done uh, medical mystery shopping now for years, and that is part of us looking at the consumer experience. And so whether we're uh, mystery shopping, medical practices, urgent cares, um, you know, inpatient, outpatient, different settings, you know, part of that is how do they initiate their contact? with the organization. And so we do tens of thousands of mystery shopping phone calls every year, right? Um, and we do walkthroughs and patient visits. But now with the digital front door, people want to know, wait a second, you know, how are they finding us first? What's their expectation when they look, look us up online? Um, they're looking for a doctor. What is the expectation? that I can schedule an appointment online. Um, so, so we do the assessment of what is that consumer experience when they are coming in contact with a healthcare organization. So it might be online scheduling. It might be the chats. 
um, you know, it might be access to the portal, you know, looking at what is the experience, where do they get hung up and what are the dissatisfiers? So when somebody's looking at this, you know, you want a, a seamless experience, that's what we're there to test. And we get the consumer's um, perceptions of both facts and feelings. So how many clicks did it take to get you here? How did you feel about that? You know, did you feel it was too many, too few? You know, uh, what, what, what were your feelings along those lines? Um, and so some of the things that we find um, that are dissatisfiers at the digital front door are things like... Um, People might promote that they have online scheduling. And when the consumer gets so far in the scheduling process, they hit a roadblock that, oh, no, you're requesting an appointment. We'll call you tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Um, that that point reminded me of what I was going to say previously. Um, there's there's like there has been i guess in healthcare because we kind of do lag behind you know other industries um by a lot sometimes um which is why i'm super excited about the organizations who want to do something different with consumer insights with the goal of shifting and really investing in that um is you know like online scheduling i mean for for a an, uh, an industry such as healthcare who still uses fax machines um truth be told um having an online scheduling option where, you know, people can do something somewhat digitally, but, you know, get a call back, that is an advance. But again, you know, the consumer behavior and expectation is no, actually, I want to be able to do the complete process, you know, online and digitally. And um, I loved, you know, how you mentioned, you know, all the different parts of what the digital front door is, you know, the chat bots, it's, um, it's, it's, um, it's AI communication. It's um, mm -hmm. it's all of it's all of it. You know, it's not just like one thing or another. And I think that's like the top difference between um, the digital front door conversations now versus how it was like in 2017. Because um, I wasn't aware of the conversation in 2017, but when I was listening to a podcast, it was like the digital front door is your website. <laughs> it is you know physician ratings. It is you know, it is that that's what it is. Um, but now it's like it's more of like a definitely a robust conversation um, that involves lots of different vendors. Um, hopefully all of the vendors are integrated and working together um, or hopefully. else. You know, yeah, hopefully. But um, but, you know, that's another thing. It's like while there, there's like one is it's not a complete um, an official definition to what the digital front door is. And there's like no right now one stop shop for everything that you need to support that. Is that what you found as well? or tell Yes, me yes, it is. And, and a lot of organizations are really struggling with this because it is in many ways, it's uncharted territory. You know, they're trying to feel their way through this. And at the same time, you've got a lot of moving parts in healthcare, right? Um, and, and so you've got to be sensitive to physician schedules, you know, physicians have always jealously guarded that schedule um, that is their time. And it's very difficult to give that up uh, to go completely to online scheduling. Uh, there are a lot of nuances there, but the consumer has grown to expect all of the conveniences. Uh, you mentioned DoorDash, you know, the consumer expects that. 
They expect to be able to access what they want online very efficiently. They want their questions answered very efficiently. And when they go to um, chat and the chat isn't available after 8 p.m. or 7 p.m., you know, that's a dissatisfier. Who doesn't have their chat accessible? Well, you know, the human body works 24-7, right? And so the way we've structured our healthcare delivery is very much around the providers, right? What's best for the providers? And and so it's it's office hours. And so the consumer looks to what what can I do when I'm not at work? You know, what what can I access? And I think telehealth has been a huge boost to all of this, that people are much more acclimated now since the pandemic um, to be able to access more virtually. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, the pandemic really, um, at first, before that, you know, with telehealth, it was like almost like trying to push, you know, systems to adopt it. And then it went from pushing to embracing yeah. and um, yeah. that, yeah, lots of lessons learned. Um, and just to reset a little bit, um, we're talking about the digital front door. We're talking about consumer insights, um, retail ish experiences now becoming somewhat of an expectation um, for lots of different reasons. Um, some of the reasons are, you know, just a lots of shifts, like literally the Amazons and Walmarts and Best Buys are, you know, entering into the industry. And, you know, previous to that, the choices um, that consumers had, healthcare consumers had, were like quite limited. But now um, there's just so many, you know, options that are coming into the industry and um, such that healthcare systems are realizing, you know, the hospital up the street isn't necessarily their main competition. Um, it can be literally Amazon or something like that. Or, right. Um, or or Mayo, you know, we, we used to think that, you know, well, Mayo's not in our zip code, but Mayo Clinic would like to be at the hospital near you, um, yeah. be considered an option. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I would agree with you. You know, it isn't necessarily the provider down the street. It's everything's accessible online. And so we can access doctors 24-7, um, hopefully we're still striving toward the patient-centered medical home um, so that we have higher quality care. But that's all the more reason why healthcare systems have got to keep up and to really listen to the voice of the consumer. What is it that they want? What is it that they, they expect? Um, and how can you make a seamless experience for them? Mm. Yes, yes. So, um, so we know it can be frustrating when um, people who are in those roles. Um, now I'm talking to the consumer insights professional because we we kind of talked about it a few times. Is that you know in healthcare now um, there are consumer insights teams um, still and. If whoever's listening, and if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong and and give me the example. But um, in the retail CPG um, food and beverage industry, the consumer insights departments are like almost hundreds of people. It, there's like a ton of people who care about um, you know the consumers changing new behaviors and taste, and they invest heavily in that. And in healthcare, um, sometimes that 
role is paired with the consumer or the patient experience person, and they might have a, a couple other full-time support roles. But um, I'm recently seeing lots of organizations hiring for consumer insights in a way that I can't say that I've seen previously. But because you've been in this industry, you know, not this industry, but um, in this focus of consumer insights in healthcare um, longer than I have, I'm just curious, are you noticing more of an uptick of an interest? Because because um, that's just what I've noticed because, or has it always been there and you're, you know, things are just the same. I'm kind of curious. You about know, that. Um, I think it's been repackaged. Okay. Consumer insights is the, is the jargon that you hear more right now, but having spent 17 years in healthcare marketing and business development, I can tell you that marketing um, has always been in consumer insights. That's what they do. People often think marketing is advertising. It's not. It's first and foremost listening to the voice of the consumer and being the guardians of the brand, right? And so that listening to the voice of the consumer is another term for consumer insights. There, so, so marketing departments are constantly having to look at um, you know, external data and internal data, you know, looking at the perceptions of the people in the market. And, and so it's been around, but now it's kind of being repackaged um, and being sometimes put with marketing and sometimes put with patient experience. Now, in my humble opinion, marketing and patient experience should be one. Uh, because both are listening to the voice of the consumer and both are very concerned with living the brand promise. And so, you know, that's, I, I see merit in having those two very closely connected because, you know, healthcare um, creates these silos. We created a, a different silo for patient experience when what you were saying, like in the, in the products and goods industries, Oftentimes, those will be, a, you know, the consumer insights will be a division of the marketing and business development departments. So um, thank you so much for sharing that perspective and observation. Um, and it's just interesting how um, names can be reused and changed and shifted. And um, I, I really do feel that there is a, a different energy, though, towards mm -hmm consumer insights and a different type of conversation that's happening um, mm -hmm. under like this wording. And I, you know, look at, and I'm paying attention to, and I hope we all are, are paying attention to, you know, the shifts that are happening towards organizations that are paying a lot of attention to consumer insights and the consumer experience. And um, again, the, the Amazons and the Walmarts and Best Buys mm -hmm. and even CrossFit, you know, CrossFit has recently launched a, um, I don't, they're not, open all over the, um, in all over the United States yet, but um, primary care hubs, and um, I'm probably misexplaining it, but um, they're joining the game. And so mm -hmm. it's just really, and, and so these are like all heavy retail com companies who have heavily invested in this um, for some time. It's mm -hmm. just going to be really interesting to see. And like I said, I feel like this um, digital front door effort is going to be the end to, we've always done it this way. Um, so and, and it's a matter of going to where the people are, right? I don't mean physically, but where they are mentally, you know, what, what are their desires and being attuned to that. And so just like um, the consumer said, well, why couldn't I 
have a primary care appointment when I'm at the mall? Or why couldn't I have a doctor's appointment when I'm at the pharmacy? (laughs) You know, making it convenient, going to where they already are and already are spending their time. Um, We have to be thinking about that with the digital front door too. You know, that slowly things have grown um, where it used to be, like you said, the digital front door is the website. Well, not anymore. What happens on the website? Am I able to chat? Am I able to make an appointment? Am I able to seek more information? Can Do I fill out a form or is somebody going to call me back instantly? Um, that's where the dissatisfiers come in too. And, you know, I really encourage anybody who is trying to expand their digital front door to check, check and double check. Is it all working? Are they getting into loops that, you know, are, what is the standard for callbacks if somebody is requesting a, an appointment? Um, have you set those standards and are you monitoring to make sure that they're upheld? Um, so we had done an assessment on an organization where the standard was to call back within 24 hours. Well, it wasn't happening. And 24 hours is a long time. I mean, it's like with consumerism, it's like dog years, you know, (laughs) you've got to you've got to pick up the phone as quickly as possible after somebody reaches out. Um, Thank you so much for that. Um, So um, these professional water cooler chats, I try to keep them under 20 minutes and we're we're at time, um, but I feel like I can absolutely keep going and we might do part two. But um, if anyone who is listening wants a part two, feel free to reach out. And if there was something that, you know, so one of us mentioned that we would like to hear more about, uh, message us. Um, I always say I screen people for approachability and that's Chris and me. So if we said something interesting, feel free to reach out to us. Or um, if you want us to talk more about a particular topic, um, please do. But really, I wanted to do this for uh, professionals who are, whether they're product marketers, uh, consumer insights professionals who are frustrated with when um, you know their surveys or their attempts to get the voice of the consumer um, fall flat, or they feel as though surveys aren't working like they should. Um, stakeholders don't have the answers they want. Consumers aren't getting, you know, the products they need. Um, that can be like really, really frustrating. And um, the solution isn't necessarily one um, vendor. You know, nobody is saying, you know, we're the, you know, the end all be all. Um, I work with a solution that has a panel of a million U.S. consumers, and wow. that's robust. Yes, um, that's robust. It's on demand. People get answers back quickly. And we work well with lots of other vendors. And some people might say um, they're competition, but I honestly don't feel that way because um, by sometimes it's like people who have someone that might be a competition is like, oh, they'll be perfect for our solution because we work so well together. And, you know, Chris, you know, you literally do the assessment of the digital front door. And so um, as I'm having more conversations about this, um, the strategy and, um, this attention that um, healthcare is giving towards consumer support. I'm just seeing just the importance for um, leaders or people who are leading this conversation or are responsible just to be aware of the various vendors out there, um, just the different parts of of, um, support for their end goal. 
Um, everything starts with an assessment. So when you you mentioned the phrase assessment of the um, digital front door, I love that um, because um, I feel as though we work best with what I'm doing, Consumer Insights, with people who have a level of awareness of what they want to ask an audience of a million U.S. consumers. Yes. Um, yeah, we. I mean, we help people, you know, ask the right questions, of course. But it's just, um, it's just lovely when people have a level of awareness and um, mm-hmm. sort of know what specific questions that they um, want to ask. But in any case, um, how can people continue to this conversation with you, Chris? And um, yeah, where can you best be reached? Yeah, on my website, um, info at baird-group.com is the email address. But on our website, there are contact forms right on the bottom of the homepage if they want to go to baird-group.com. Awesome. Awesome. And if anyone is curious about how um, this registered nurse got into Consumer Insights or um, need an ac- access to a panel audience on demand, feel free to reach out to me. But Chris, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. Oh, <laughs> and yep, I look forward to staying in touch online. All right. Thanks so much. And that's a wrap. So head over to where you listen to podcasts and share your thoughts on what stood out, if anything. Um, If there's something that you want others to know, or if you want something, me to start doing more of something, if something really caught your interest and you said, hey, Amelia, I wish you went deeper here or there, please let me know that. And the way to do that is by leaving a rating and review over where you hear podcasts and also screenshot and share if something stood out. And at mention me, talk to Amelia and Really, if you are an overachiever, overdoer, um, and really struggling to find the right support in your life, business, or career, and you have the aim of offering yourself as a resource to create more human-focused experiences, let's chat. Happy to share what I've been learning over these past few months. Or if you lead a marketing team, and if you've ever been disappointed with vendors who said they can get you up-to-date consumer insights with the aim of having a more human-focused company and offering um, products and messaging that really keep your consumers at the heart of everything, I'd love to chat and share with you uh, what I've been learning over the past few months. And if I personally can't support you, I most likely can find someone who can. Either way, let's keep in touch over on LinkedIn. I'm there as Amelia J. Roberts, IG and Twitter, talk the number two Amelia. And as always, good old email works, Amelia at Solutions by Amelia. Mm -hmm.